Hey, what's up, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to the very second episode of Sit Black and Watch. I have a special guest here today. Um, I'm so excited. So I told you guys last episode that I went to the See You Yesterday screening, and I kind of got tickets like two hours before the screening, and I just like rolled up there, and the director, Stefan Bristol, was there. And so me being the person that I am, y'all know, like, I'm all about finesse. I'm all about, like, networking. I'd walked up to him and I asked him if he would come and be on my podcast. And he so graciously said yes. So he is here. He's the director and the writer of See You Yesterday. What up, what up, what up? How you doing today? Good. I'm so happy to have you here. <laughs> so like I said, happy like, to be here. I, look, I'm all about finesse. I'm starting off as just like a filmmaker and a journalist as well. Yeah. Um, I have no connection. So when I'm in the room with somebody, like I either make my presence known or I just be like, listen, I'm up and coming. I'm trying to, you know, do my thing. So I'm like very, very thankful to have you here. No, man, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. So I read that you graduated from NYU Tisch. I know a yes. few people that are in the program. <laughs> um how how was that like going to school for film? It was best best years of my life. Um, when I told my mother I want to be a filmmaker, um, I was eighteen years old. She was not she was she was not having it. Really, you know she was you know Caribbean woman, um, Guyanese. Mm, okay. okay. And and undergrad I studied something else. I studied uh, English. And I just knew I wanted to be a filmmaker, so I had to go to NYU to to learn. I had no other had no other outlet. Plus, I'm you know I was living in Long Island that that while, and 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 Long Island doesn't have an outlet to teach you filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I don't know it's in the city yeah. or at least some film school. So I graduated from Morehouse, went to film yes. school, and it was refreshing to be in a classroom setting every day just learning about and talking about films yeah this is like it was a dream come true so you went to Morehouse and we know that um, Spike Lee also went to Morehouse yes how is that going to you know an all-male university and adjusting from like the city to down south well I was from well I lived in I moved from Brooklyn when I was 14 to Long Island so it was suburbs I lived in suburbs okay and I went down south because I needed to be in an urban environment Plus, I want to be in the HBCU. Right. And and magically, two um, important women, women in my life told me about Morehouse, mm-hmm. and I went to Morehouse, um, and 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 we might be an all male school, but thank God for the all sister school. The right, Spelman. That's Spelman right. College across the street. <laughs> I hang out there more often than I do at Morehouse. Hey, you like that sometimes. <laughs> I hear the stories. I have friends that go. <laughs> HBCUs. I didn't mm. go, but Howard was my dream school. I said uh-huh. one day I'm a I'm gonna make it back there. Um, <laughs> so I come from a dance background, which is why wow. I work at Allen Ailey. Oh, nice, um, very nice. I used to live on the West Coast. Um, so I'm originally from Maryland. I used to live out in Arizona, and I would mm. drive to California and go to Debbie Allen's dance school in the summertime. Yeah, and. Um, Miss Allen was just like always like I, I want you to come wow. here I want you to come here wow. and um, wow. I didn't because my mother was like no you're going away to college you know my mom comes from the 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 she's wow. a 70s baby uh-huh. so you know went through the the crap crack epidemic and seeing people's parents you know not raise yeah. their children and stuff and she was a singer and she had us really young so unfortunately she didn't get to pursue that dream mm. so in her mind she's like you can't make no money doing this you need to go to school and get a profession where you can like yeah. you know have money so my dreams of being Beyonce's backup dancer were like finished <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Xavier University in Cincinnati my mom was like I don't want you to go to HBCU because I feel like you're gonna party a lot so I went to this predominantly wow, white school I'm so sorry I hated it I hated yeah. it but I do think that it made me stronger because it made me realize, like, you have to stand up for yourself more. Uh Um, So that's how I, you know, I had to, like, really push my way. And then I moved to New York. Um, I ended up graduating from Berkeley College here in the city. Mm. And um, this this city has made me, like, tough. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm from, you know, down south and on the west coast, and I've lived in the suburbs, like, my entire life, even though my Mm. dad's from here. So, um... I just had to learn how to adjust, you know, taking yeah. trains and stuff. I'm like, I'm used to being able to be in a car since I was 16. <laughs> so it's been, you know, it's different. And I think yeah. 
yeah. our our environments really um, shape who we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so speaking of environments, you were um, a student of Spike Lee's at NYU Tisch, right? Yes. Okay, so tell me about how that connection came to be, because I'm pretty sure he has a bunch of students in his class that, like, want his attention, right. you know, outside of the classroom. How did that, like, bond form? I met him at Morehouse oh, before okay. I got into NYU. Okay. Yes, yes. I know him for, like, nine to ten years now. Um, when I was at and when I was in Morehouse, I let it be known I want to be a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And a professor of mine, uh, Mr. Thomas, um, he told me that uh, Spike is having a, a screening of Kobe doing work, mm-hmm. and he should go to that. So great, I'm going to meet Spike. I went to Spike. I said, Spike, uh, right after the screening, I said, Spike, let me get an internship, please. You know, mm-hmm. really want to at Forty Acres. Uh, he said, okay, here's my email. Send, send me your resume. And I have not heard anything. Yeah. And I have to ask him two more times in, yeah. in two other semesters so I get I get an internship. Wow. So I worked my, my, my ass off that summer. Uh, came back to school, finished the school year, applied to NYU. He wrote me a letter of recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, and while well, I was at, at, at like a couple of months into film school at NYU, um, uh, he came out the elevator one time. I said, Spike, I would love for you to be my mentor. Wow. And he said, yeah, I got you. That's dope. That's <laughs> super dope. And I love it, having yeah. guts, having the courage. I always tell people I believe in manifesting your your destiny through words, mm. um, not just actions as well. Like, you have to speak what you want into existence. Yeah. Um, so I always tell people, like, Issa Rae is going to be my mentor one day. I'm going to work with her. I love her. <laughs> Issa Rae yeah. is a, a large reason why I actually wanted to really invoke like the path of becoming a writer Mm. um and getting into filmmaking um because in college when i saw um awkward black girl Mm. i was just moved by it and i was like man this is the first time i feel like i see myself because i'm like i i like to say that i am a part of the like late bloomer black kids like i Mm -hmm. you know did a lot of stuff later in life and um and just being kind of like awkward and a little nerdy and things like that um So, you know, I was like, dang, like, finally, there's some representation for me as a black girl and as a black woman on screen. And then Mm -hmm. just like heard how she, you know, talks about networking across and Mm -hmm. really looking at who you have in your network and not always just looking up, but looking around you. Yeah. So yes, 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 yes. I think that's dope. And I mean, that takes a lot of courage to approach somebody like Spike Lee, who has such like a resume, you know, like I could imagine being, listen, I was in Ava's presence and I was yeah. like, I don't even know what to ask her and I'm supposed to interview her. Like, I'm so nervous. So. Right, right. I guess it, it was a, out of necessity because I, I needed an, a, a way to learn and get in. Yeah. I don't know what it, I have no idea what this film industry looks like. I'm still yeah, learning. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know what it looks like to be on set. I, I just needed to be in an environment I could take it in. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And. I was I was a young more it was it it kind of lined up because I was a Morehouse I was a of a man I was a man of Morehouse mm-hmm. Spike is a Morehouse man yeah uh, he's successful it made sense to ask right you know saying so it, it, being in the environment it makes sense I think mm-hmm. that helps more than you know you start an internship somewhere and and it's only like a weekend um, at at let's see array. Mm-hmm. And then you just rep bum rush Ava. Say, Ava can have yeah. mental. That's that's weird. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it, it depends on like yeah. where you are. Like before I asked the mental, I had to prove myself. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And then I can ask. But you know, there's a how would you say there's exception to the rule everywhere. Right. You gotta feel it out. Right. So y'all hear that like come on, time and a place, time and a place. Work <laughs> your behind off until you get that opportunity, definitely feel it out. Um, so, do you have a favorite Spike Lee film? Malcolm X. Malcolm X. It's crazy. I was just talking about that last night because my friend was like, that should have won an Oscar. Like, they robbed him. It should have won an Oscar. It's, I, I, there's so many other things about that movie that, that should have have. And and that's a masterpiece. The, the just, just, just him just trying to get the film done. You have, mm-hmm. to, have to go to prominent black celebrities and, and, and influencers to get those that to raise the rest of the money. Yeah. I mean, that's heartbreaking. I mean, this guy's already been established in the industry and he still had to fight so hard like that. Right. My, it's like, I'm just trying to figure out how he was able to keep his sanity. Yeah. Through all of that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I always, it's like, that's, that's strength. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have something that, you have, a, you have a movie 
that speaks volumes uh, of a man's life and you want to celebrate this man's life and you have, you have some a tremendous amount of pressure mm-hmm. from everywhere to make sure you get it right and there's a system that's blocking you from doing it right because they don't understand right and and you know that's that's crazy you know uh, this hope me and any other other young black artists or or Latinx artist or, or Native American artist don't have to go through that in the future, but, you yeah. know, yeah. And that's a that's a big thing in this industry. Um, I talk a lot about being a woman, a black woman, how we look around and you don't see that many black women directors highlighted or writers. You yeah. have to really dig for those films. And so I love it's the crazy. initiative that Ava's doing with, like, Queen Sugar and that's having crazy. Yeah. every episode be a woman director. Yeah, it's, and those and those um, those those directors they able to do other uh, mm-hmm. directing projects yeah. as well because yep. of that because it's like in the industry you have to if you do one uh, television show mm-hmm. you're able to you're able to the doors open after that yeah and 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 she's she's an incubator for that yeah you know um, a good friend of mine Numa Pierre mm-hmm. she directed one uh, episode of Queen Sugar and and she recently just finished. Um, doing her first feature f- film called Jisabel. Mm-hmm. And I am so excited for her and happy for her. And and now she has an opportunity to Ava, and, and her film is going to be premiering on um, at ABFF this year. I'm going this year. You're going this year? Yes. Well, make this sure you check out. This will be my out. third year. So. This is the third year? Yes. Okay, good. Well, make sure you check out Jisabel. See, so we already got our plug for the day, so we don't even have to plug nobody this year. <laughs> That's who y'all should be checking out. Um, and also, I'm going to be at ABFF. Okay, so we gotta like link up. <laughs> this is the so. What's crazy is ABFF is so special to me. Even though I haven't entered anything yet, mm. it's special to me because I was watching the ABFF honors two years ago, mm. and at the time I was about to graduate. I was in my senior year um, at Berkeley College. Yeah, um, and. Um, I literally was like, God, I don't know what I'm going to do when I graduate. I mm. don't know. I have, you know, I have a degree in marketing and I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I had an internship in fashion, which it was cool because I do photography, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. <laughs> so I'm watching the ABF of honors and they're honoring Issa Rae. And I literally was like, how do I get in the room with those people? Yeah. I want to be in that room one day. I want to be on that stage. And so I went wow. and I looked it up online, and I'm like, dang, $600, like, that's not a lot. At the time, I was only making $15 an hour, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm working part-time and going to school, plus an internship, and I was doing online and in-person classes. So it was like, my workload was crazy. Um, and I was freelancing as a photographer, so sleep was, like, non-existent the last, like, two <laughs> months of school, writing papers and stuff. But um, I... I saw that they had the 29 and below program and I literally just turned 29 this year but at the time you know I was 27 mm. and so I'm like oh half off on the ticket boom cool so I purchased nice. my ticket the next day I go to work and I'm like okay I gotta figure out this flight situation hopefully I can find some some like cheap flights shout out to Southwest cause they always <laughs> have the cheap flights and I literally had enough points to buy a round trip ticket for free oh, wow when I say, oh, I mean, God. look at God. And, and I had such a phenomenal experience the first year. Like, I really went the first year and just kind of soaked up all the fun stuff. And then last year when I went, mm. I really tried to focus on getting the knowledge. So this year, I'm really going to, like, focus on taking the master classes mm. and doing some more networking and just seeing, like, whose production company I can intern for or something, yeah. you know, trying to just, like, continue to get that experience. But yeah. They're doing something so amazing for um, black directors. Have you entered anything ever into ABFF? Because I know you did Black uh, Black Star Film Fest. Yes, for for the short film as okay. well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my the short film also was part of the HBO um, competition mm-hmm. yes. at at, at uh, um, ABFF, and and it was great. It was it was um, it was fantastic experience. I, I networked with HBO. I met other great filmmakers um, during that time. And and that's one of my favorite film festivals, honestly. Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't for ABFF, I don't think I'd be you know this successful right now. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, and also Black Star. Shout out, shout out to Black Star. Yes, I went to Black Star for the first time last year. Yeah, I went to support um, a young um, female director coming out, Sierra Glaude. So she works with yeah. Ava DuVernay. And they call her Baby Ava. She's like her little protege. Really? Um, but she's so dope. So I actually... What, what, what work has she done? So uh, she did um, She did a short with Rutina Wesley mm-hmm. and LeBaron Amon. It was called Last Looks. Mm-hmm. It was in Urban World Film Fest um, Festival two years ago, I think it was. Mm. And then Black Star picked it up nice. um, last year. And right now she's out working at a right. And so she's... Nice. Yeah, like... When I say, oh, and she's now working with Lena Waithe on the, the series 20s that Lena Waithe has come 20-something, or I think it's called 20s. Okay. Um, that Lena Waithe is supposed to be, I think, wow. directing for BT. But, like, when I say she got it, like, the, yeah. the vision, she's a hard worker. And wow. I love her because she kind of, like, opened up to me just from meeting her at Urban World Film Fest and we sat down and talked and then um mm. when i you know went out to philly we linked up and she just kind of kept me close and like i was able to follow her around for the weekend and just you know network meet and she's introduced me to some great people too so she's somebody uh, okay. you should definitely like keep your eye out for okay we'll she's, do that wow, yeah wow, she's wow. got some like amazing stuff going on. Is, she, is she uh working on a feature film now or, or just or not, or just directing um, television shows I'm not sure. I, I want to say that she's possibly direct um, or working on a future. I'm not exactly mm. sure. Um, okay. But I know that she's been working close with Lena and Ava. Okay. So she she's, might just be sticking with television. She'll be all right. Now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, she, she good. She good. <laughs> um, so do you have, like, outside of Spike Lee, mm. what directors or writers have impacted you? Like, what work have you seen that kind of has um propelled you as a writer and a director um billy wilder okay i've never heard of him yeah, he's him he's old 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 director he did um some like it hot okay and 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 um he also did uh what's that what's that the apartment when i guess that's one of those films mm-hmm. that you go to nyu they tell you to watch and it's like yo this is great so that we we see a lot of old movies and whatnot um, another director I really like is is um, Juan Carai. Mm-hmm. He did um, in the Mood for Love and Days of Being Wild, and mm-hmm. and that director he's very very artistic and very nuanced and, and specific, um, and he takes his time and I, and I love and I love that a, a lot. Um, so who else? I mean that's right now that's that's pretty much it. Honestly, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So let's focus a little bit on your your. Sorry, I was I need to choose I need to choose no. cool ass directors. I'm no, sorry. no, I think it's great because yeah, um, yeah. it's great because I'm sure somebody's gonna be listening to this and be like, oh, let me check. I know I'm gonna. And check Akira it out. Kurosawa. Akira Kurosawa. Man, his his films are powerful, man. Yeah. Like you really gotta be like, um, like a cinephile to really understand his work. It's like, oh, okay. like you know, Yujumbo. Uh, uh, Rashomon, Ron. See, I don't know none of these people, but I'm going to make sure I do my homework because, like, I I clearly didn't go to film school. It's mm. something that I literally was like. I mean, I've always loved watching film. I and love that's, television. And that's what's special about film school. Like, it, they introduce you to work that mm. you never experienced before. But like, going right. in, my favorite filmmakers were like, you know, Spike, John Singleton. I love John. Recipes. Um. <laughs> Who else? Um, Quentin Tarantino, uh, uh, Steven Spielberg, of mm-hmm. course. Like they still inspire me, but once I went into film school, I'm, they open up my eyes to other art. Yeah. And that's I think that's what every filmmaker needs. You gotta like don't watch just American work. Right. Um, if you do watch American work, you know watch some classics. Right. You know what I'm saying you know um, um, watch West Side Story or 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 The Godfather. Mm-hmm. You know The Goodfellas like. You know, you have to you have to watch the classics. Um, yeah, build um, your foundation. Build a foundation like Roman Holiday or or um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Mm-hmm. That, that's a wild movie. So it's- <laughs> <laughs> that's a wild movie. People, if if I was like, look, watch Breakfast at Tiffany's and be like, why am I need to watch that? Trust me, it's a wild yeah. movie. And Psycho or or Vertigo, like th- those those films are like foundations uh, of what modern day cinema advanced to from. Mm-hmm. Like they they build like 
you know, how to frame shots, how to tell a story, how to build right, a story. You know right. what I'm saying? It's like, it, it might seem boring for some people, and I totally understand, but you have to at least have it in your mind. So, like, yeah. when, you, when you're developing your scripts and moving forward, you have... A reference. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very important. Yeah, I'm reading a book right now um, called Writing the Romantic Comedy, hmm. um, because that's what specifically I want to do. Um, outside of being a documentarian, I really want to write romance films and rom-coms right. because I truly feel like black people do not have enough romance films. We don't have enough rom-coms. Hmm. And um, okay. that it's such a like niche genre for us in urban yeah. like, storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm a hopeless romantic, so I'm always about like love. Like I love. Good. <laughs> That's really really good. Yeah. But you know, I just want to challenge any filmmaker that want to do the romantic comedy. Don't make it such a bubblegum pop right. thing. Like it's right. like every time you think about romantic comedy, you think about these just like the comedy is always on the surface. Yeah. It's always you need some depth. You need to that be as if you be as as much nuance as possible. Yeah. Uh, and 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 there's you have something to say specifically mm-hmm. you know and just and also work with you know the art department and, and the cinematographer that tells the story a little differently like right. you know it doesn't have, everything doesn't have to be light so brightly it's just yeah. like jesus christ yeah you know. i just saw um yeah, yeah. the sun is also a star mm-hmm. and um that was it's a comedy no it's so it's a romance and it's a like a it's like a teen right type of coming of age type of thing uh-huh. um but it the the lighting it was beautiful. Like, the, a lot of the shots looked like natural light. You yeah. know, they it had this kind of, like, dusk type of feel to it. Uh. Like, very, like, sunset. And um, there's a scene that I love where the, the there's these neon, like, artificial lights firing off, like, really slowly as he sings to her. And you see with the, the um, expressions of Yara Shahidi and Charles Melton, like, you wow. see them falling in love through their, their facial expressions. And, yeah. You know, and I think that's like such a beautiful thing about film and like reading a script and then being able to see it come to life. Um, and I think that's what has been driving me more, like to learn how to really write my own films mm. and and figure out because I'm I'm such a visual person. Yeah. I um, I think that's what attracted me to wanting to become a filmmaker yeah. because when I listen to music, I see videos like I literally can imagine an entire video in my head Um, when I hear people tell stories as you're speaking I'm like visually seeing it nice so I'm like the writing is the part that I'm like okay we gotta figure out how we get this (laughs) from my head to this script and then figure it out to get it on here's here's something that will trip you up though because um, and as as directors I love doing that too like really visualizing and make sure it's on the script and everything's on the page Mm -hmm. But you also have to, in the process, also involve actors. Mm-hmm. Like once you once you got the script down and everything, your actors will help. Will also dictate. Once they dictate, will help move uh, this, how the story sounds and be and, and, and whatnot. So when you have yeah. the script, I always encourage filmmakers to do a, a table read. Yeah. With yeah. actors, mm-hmm. a, a private table read, not like yeah. an open table read. Yeah. Only invite people that you feel like. They can give you the proper feedback, and actors yeah. that will give you honest feedback as well. Yeah. So you can hear how it sounds, and you can feel how it sounds, and that will determine that will also further determine how the story, how the visuals and the story, and everything would be molded mm-hmm. for your vision. Um, because in my in my opinion, I feel that directing uh, actors and and there's there's different acting style mm-hmm. to every film you have. Yeah. You know what I'm saying and. And if it's, it's if it's a more natural approach, you you know you tell the actor just just pay attention to the other yeah. person. But if it's more like a substantial approach, then you direct them that way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's you know visuals are are important, but some some point in time you got to let that go because when when the actor comes in. It could be a totally different tone. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of actors, you worked with two brilliant young actors. Ed and Duncan Smith. Yes. Dante Critchlow. Listen, when... I, so, I I had the experience of, you know, sitting in the theater with a bunch of young kids and teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, the screening was perfect. There was a little boy sitting across from me. He was a little black boy. I, I want to say he was Wait, which, which screening? Go I went to the one that was up here on, I uh, was at 58th and... Uh, the 7th uh, Landmark? Yes. The, the com- Landmark. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I went to that screening. <laughs> um, and there was a, a, a mom, a black mom, and her son. I want to say he looked like he was maybe 6th sixth, sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
his reactions. I mean, like I, I could feel myself, my heart was just melting, like listening to his reactions to certain things. The science part, like when they first come on and they're like, he's stealing the stuff out the science lab. And then mm-hmm. they get to, to the, um, the, the garage mm-hmm. and they're starting to do, you know, like their whole science thing. And the little boy goes, oh my God, that's so cool. And I just said, oh man, Stefan Bristol has something <laughs> so special. I, I'm like, I hope he knows that there are little that, black kids that are yep. going to see this and be like, mama, I want to be able to have a science kit and do these things. That's and, why That's why I made the film. Yeah. That's why I made the film. And so, you know, what, when you, where did you get the idea from for this film? Mm. Um, I was working on another time travel movie uh about you know a kid going back to save his friend for being killed by a drunk driver who mm-hmm. happened to be his grandfather okay and it was the summer of 2014 so the, the script wasn't even about police brutality at all mm-hmm. it was the summer of 2014 and eric garner and mike brown got murdered mm, yeah. um and we wasn't we was shy away from the verdict of the trayvon martin trial mm-hmm. um and i decided to allow there was a scene in my script about police brutality because there was a, like a scene where the kids just test to jump to save someone's life. Mm, okay. And I was like, to police brutality. And, and a professor of mine was like, Stefan, that's a very heavy scene at the beginning of the script. It doesn't match everything you're trying to do. You either you leave it in, let that be the story, take it out. And well, also, you know what? I remember Rodney King, Abadou Diallo, Sean Bell. I'm gonna keep it in because I feel like it's gonna, you know, this issue of police brutality is gonna happen. And I remember that summer, like every time you go on, the, I'm not sure you remember, but every time you go on social media, mm-hmm. it would talk about police. It was just, it was just like images after images. You just stroll with just images after images of of police violence. Yeah. And I remember um, the NYPD was doing something stupid. It was like, hey, it, I don't know who was their PR person. There was like, let's do a campaign to, uh, to promote the police. And we hashtag my NYPD. <laughs> Black okay. folks was not having it. <laughs> lit them up. Lit them up. I can already tell you. Lit them up. I'm sorry. Know. I don't know. I'm laughing no, too long No, you good. You good. <laughs> and and um, so that, you know, I, I decided to make that the story. And uh, and the science part of it as well, it was more of like, Okay, how does time travel gonna work? Are they going through like a portal, or you know, mm-hmm. it's gonna be that magical realism, or are they going to um, have somebody build the time machine themselves, and they're, and they're gonna just yeah. use it? And I just thought, I just thought it's very powerful that yeah. they're building themselves. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I'm and I purposely made that so I want that kid you told that told me about yeah. to say I want to be interested in science. Yeah, because black people. We often want to be a musician. Yeah. A or, ball player. Or a ball player. Yeah. Which those aspirations is nothing wrong with. Yeah. But we're more than that. We're more than that. And not only that, not not only that, not everybody's gonna get in. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a very young space. Yeah. If you ain't between the ages of ten to twenty five, yeah. You're out of luck. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> because after twenty five, if you're an athlete, your body fails. Yeah. You know, when you get to thirty, you're done. Especially for football and boxing, yeah. Um, in my opinion, and basketball, you you can keep going a little longer, but you're still, you know. And then with musicians, if you're not young and sexy, nobody's gonna, you know. what I'm saying yeah. by that age, like you're thirty, you pretty, you have to be a legend. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I wanted, I just want to encourage you, know, you know, young people. Like, there's other ways to fulfill your life because we wanted like growing up, if, if, those who want to be a rapper or a ball player, they want the spotlight to so they can feel like they're they're somebody. Yeah. And and you don't need that to feel like it's somebody because you often it's often sold to our culture and through through our media and, and, and through through our own art sometimes the ones that we create to make like yo I'm hot I'm popping if you're not like me you ain't shit yeah and, and that always disturbed me growing up. I just I was like why growing up I I wasn't I wasn't always into hip hop because of that yeah you know what I'm saying and I was like I have to. I have to wear certain clothes. I have to sag my my pants so I can feel like I'm somebody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and I and I that's the whole purpose with 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 see you yesterday is like I made the kids who are who are intellectually uh, um, advanced mm-hmm. be the cool ones. 
And that's what I, I noticed that too. And I actually really love that because I felt like CJ, she has this like fire to her. Mm-hmm. And um, I like that she's like, I'm smart, but I know I'm somebody. Yes. And also, I'll beat your ass. <laughs> like, I mean, because, you know, you of course, we get into that scene where her brother's like, you out here acting like a hood rat. And she's like, what? Like, I'm not, you know, but she has that that um, that feistiness to her that, of course, so many times, like, black girls get told that we're angry if we have the audacity to say, I know who I am, that I'm smart, that I have something to say, and you're going to hear me. Mm. Um and then, um, I'm sorry, what was the, the young boy's name in the film? Sebastian. Um, Sebastian, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that he, you see a, a softer side of a young black boy. Because yeah. so often, I she think, black, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's ha- about being hard. And I love the fact that if you look at um, her brother and you look at Sebastian, her brother's not hard, but he's he's tough in a sense of like I have to be a protector, but I'm not an mm. asshole and I'm not yeah. a gangster, you know. But exactly, I'm, yeah. I'm protecting my 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 young sister and her friend who is like a young brother to me. Yeah. And um and you, I think you look at Sebastian for me, I, it's like a younger version of her older brother. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Also, so I wanted to ask you too. Why did you choose to kind of leave out the potential for like I don't want to say romance because they're supposed to be young, but like mm. at first when it first started, I was like, wait, are they boyfriend and girlfriend? And then, <laughs> like, so I was like, you know, right. wondering about that. But then you see, because there's a, a scene where you, um, where um, Sebastian says. Uh, or she, uh, CJ says, I love you, black man. And he says, I love you, black woman. And, mm. you know, somebody else could have taken that scene and made it more than what it, you know, was That's supposed fine. to be. Yeah, That's but fine. why did you choose to kind of, like, know that but give them more of, like, a, a sibling relationship? Because I'm tired of movies seeing it because, it, it's because a, a film that has a, a male and, and female lead characters doesn't mean they have to fall in love every goddamn time. Right. And also, <laughs> in, in the re, as a mirror in real life, every, every, every for, for men... Men need to learn this. Every beautiful woman that you encounter does not need to be your lover. Amen. You know what I'm saying? They could, yeah. you know, they, it's, I have a lot of friends who are, are, are women. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's fine. It's, it's, you, 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 you got to, you will have a more fulfilling life mm-hmm. if you have more friends who are just women mm-hmm. while you, besides you just trying to fuck them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Excuse my language. No, that's true. But um, we're raw here, so. Okay, <laughs> um, and that's why I wanted to ask, and I thought it was important for me to kind of ask that. Because um, I be- want I want young kids to learn. Like, when you're in school and you have you know you have friends or girls, it's okay. Yeah. That. It, be friends. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're human beings. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and it's so funny because, like, most of my male friends have a bunch of women friends. And mm. then they're they're just, like, sisters. Like, you know, yeah. this is, like, my homie. We cool. We've known each other for so long. And, and I haven't crossed that boundary. Yeah. So I think that is great to see it in young young people. Yeah. Um, now, the, there was one character in there that cracks me up. The friend. Um, Eduardo. Uh, yes, Eduardo. <laughs> he was so hilarious the actor was so hilarious how did you Jonathan like Nevis. how did you come up with his character he just he just magically popped from my imagination mm. and me and Fredrika was writing him uh, shout out to Fredrika Bailey yes your co-writer my co-writer yes. um he he just popped up we just we just feel like we you know since we're expanding it we just feel like we needed we needed another friend in there and and he just—it's like he actually just came out of me, and and I wanted him to be Puerto Rican just because mm-hmm. it just—I don't—I don't know—it just, and yeah. there he is. Like I think like all these characters look a little bit of me, mm-hmm. so I think Eduardo's <laughs> a little bit of me. As well. And I think it's dope that you included multiple cultures in this because it wasn't just like oh here are two black people with no depth to their ethnicity. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, you can't have something based in Brooklyn or Bedside and not yeah. talk about West Indian culture and not talk about Hispanic people and yes. Latina, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was super dope that you there's diversity even within the cast. And you mm-hmm. 
you know, maybe some of the people that may see this film that aren't minorities or people of color, they mm-hmm. may get a new um, perspective on how, you, you know, black people are. Especially because mm-hmm. I don't even feel like there are that many mainstream movies with, like, West Indian culture embedded not, in them. No, it's not. Yeah. No, there's not a lot. And, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm Caribbean myself, and I just feel like... I grew, up, I grew up in Brooklyn, and I, every time I see a bro- movie by Brooklyn, it doesn't reflect the, the Brooklyn that I know. Mm-hmm. And and if there's a West Indian character, they're very uh, stereotypical, and mm-hmm. and I find it incredibly offensive. And I was like, you know, I don't know why there's, there's this negative stigma uh, about West Indian people in, in mm-hmm. New York. Yeah. I don't know what it is. When we're on the parade, we just, people don't want to understand our culture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's it's annoying, and I don't appreciate it. Mm. Um, and I I decided to, like, you know, as much as possible, I'm going to include West Indian people in my, my films. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's very beautiful, because even, like, I don't know, I didn't start knowing much about West Indian culture until um, I became friends with um, a young woman who, um, her dad's from Guyana, she's first generation, Mm -hmm. and we are like best friends now, and so she, you know, introduces me to like little things about her culture, and then moving into New York, I remember when I moved here a few months here, somebody asked me if I was Dominican, and I was like, no, I'm not, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so even just that melting pot that is Mm -hmm. New York, Mm -hmm. and, um, I can see why they ask. Yeah, yeah. so, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is, uh, listen, people walk up to me all the time and start speaking Spanish. Hey, mommy. Yeah, and I'll be like, <laughs> listen, I don't know a lick of Spanish. I did sign language in school, so, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. tell you nothing about what you're saying to me. And then I have sometimes. People, people sometimes walk up to me and speak in Spanish, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See? And and I think there's, that there's There's a, a lot of black people in, in, in Puerto Rico, in, in the DR. Mm-hmm. Um, Colombia. Yeah, Venezuela. and I think that needs to be showcased more. Yeah. Um, like Afro Latina culture definitely needs to be showcased more, along with the West West Indian um, culture and just like the African diaspora and as a whole. Really, we have so many stories to be told. We've yeah. got so much culture and so much life, and people always try to say that like American Black people don't have a lot of culture, and it's like no. When you start really tracing our roots and stuff, mm-hmm. like we have a lot of culture here, like right. the Geechee people and stuff like that. Like, yeah, you know, like yes. there's there's yes. so much culture here, and I think you really showcase that so well on film Thank when they you. were getting the ICs at the corner store. <laughs> like you know, like those are the things. It's those little nuances yeah. that I was clearly like, okay, so he's got to be from here. Yeah. Versus like I grew up and like that's something, yeah. that's something I grew up with. You know what I'm saying? Like what what I'm actually afraid of is like when I'm tackling another script about you know another city, another culture. I don't know how how I'll be able to you know maintain that make, mm-hmm. maintain that culture and do proper research because I, I just everything you see is me. I I know it. Yeah. I, that's my experience. The grand yeah. the grandparents are my parents. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, um, um, the character of Calvin, all my friends, or or just Guys, I just see around around the streets. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like around Flatbush in the hood. And or, you, I mean, you know and you did some great research too with like the science aspect. Oh, yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what went in there? Because I read the article on Shadow and Act, um, where mm. you were talking about how you had to like research, um, was it physics and stuff like that? Yeah, I did. I read a book called How to Build Your Time Machine. Okay, and that was a very fun book to read. And then um, I literally went to. Uh, a, a physics professor at NYU, mm. and he explained to me some theories, like some wormhole theories. Uh, st- I think string theory. I could be I could be wrong. Um, mul- um, multiverse, mm. and um, you know, and he told me at the end of the session, he said, "Just make it up." Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Um. And and when I was writing the script, I was so done with. You know, trying to tackle the, the rules of time travel, really pinpoint everything. Um, for Drika, she, you know, she took a while to learn a little bit more of the time travel too, and and work on the packs. And she saw protons and photons and, and gamma and whatnot, and mm-hmm. she learned how to operate. And then she she pitched me the idea of this yeah. is maybe this is the way the time machine works, and and was able to do that. So how did you yeah. meet Frederica? I met her at NYU while I was trying to do my my film. She was an NYU student in the dramatic writing department. Okay. So when I was trying to do my short film, uh, it failed 
um, I was I failed at trying to kick it off. Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad I did because that that script was not ready. Yeah, it was like it was a lot of going on, and then they simplified the script. Mm-hmm. So I fired the producers. I, uh, I did not do the production. I canceled the production. I still had some money to that have, so mm-hmm. I didn't spend any money, which yeah. is great. Uh, I cried for a week, um, and I got up from my depression. I said, I'm, I'm, this is the movie that I want to do. I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And uh, I sought out a co-writer. I can't. I, I refused to get any co-writers from the, um, from the directing program, mm-hmm. uh, from, from, from the film program, because everybody wants to be a director, not a writer. Yeah. So I said, I just need a writer. Mm-hmm. I went to the dramatic writing department, asked the chair, give me a list of people that you think is interested in this. Fajrika was on our list. I interviewed her. And and she was the only black woman on that list. Wow. See, and there that goes that that lack mm-hmm. of, you know. It's a lot. It's <laughs> yeah. very much much like. Um and she knows how to write her ass off, so yeah. I hired her. That's and amazing. I and I needed I needed a black woman to help write the script because the lead is a black woman. Right. I'm a dude. Right. <laughs> and you know, and it's crazy because in Hollywood, you see these big productions and it's just man, 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 man. Yeah. Or, you know, man, white. And like, and it's just like, how are you writing these stories about people of mm-hmm. color or women and you have no women uh, helping you like craft this, the script? Yeah, it's crazy. It, it, you would think that they, at some point, logic would kick in and they would be like, <laughs> okay, can we get a few women <laughs> on set? But clearly not. Um, when you, what was the the hardest part? Do you think about adapting from a short film to a feature film? Uh, making sure that you have more to say than from the short. You know, I think that's what what's uh, kind of scared uh, Frederica from wanting to tackle the feature, and understandably so. Very, I totally understand because like we we said what we needed to say in the short, mm-hmm. but I instinctually I knew we could say a lot more. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I just need to reach a larger audience about what what the mission is, about what I want to say. We said what we said, but not everybody's going to see it because nobody nobody's reaching. Nobody's going to go out to watch shorts. No one no one does that, unfortunately. Yeah. Only only like um, if you happen to find a short, then that's cool. But I feel like more filmmakers and their general audience would see the short. So short was success, and I knew we hit a gold mine. Um, and but once we start writing, it was just like, okay, I finally get some West Indian people in here. I can finally get that's 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 something to say. Yeah, these kids really delve into science. I want I want people to see science and yeah. talking about it and, and and whatnot. What does that really feel like? You know yeah. what I'm saying? So be able to do that, and then be able to uh, really allow these kids. To be kids in the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. really tricked the audience. Like, oh, yeah. this is just a lighthearted movie. And then, yeah. boom, like, oh, this is. <laughs> yeah, and I like that. It, I like that it took, it, you took your time before you actually got to the point where he is killed, where Calvin is, yeah. you know, gunned down. I like that you chose not to show it um, because. Yeah. It's traumatizing. It is. It, yeah, and, yeah. and so many times, like in films, they think that that showing this is like, oh well, it's giving depth, and it's sometimes you need to let the audience's imagination wander. Like you need yeah, to. Yeah, that's a that's a trick. And because yeah. um, yeah. I I was like, oh god, I hope he does not show this. <laughs> um, but I like that um, you you guys really took your time with this, so you don't feel yeah. like it's rushed. You don't feel like there are any loopholes, like that things were missing, because I like the fact well, that. Trust me, <laughs> I mean, well, I like the fact that okay, so with the when you guys see this this film, um, hopefully you're not listening to this without watching the film. So go watch the film and listen to this. Mm. Um, but there, you see, um, the, they do the first jump, and mm. then he's saying we can't run into our 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 past selves. Right. They they then return and they're figuring out how to jump again, mm. and then not run into them the like the triplet. Um, like the their double selves or whatever yeah. um and uh, Eduardo is who gives them the the little ch- uh was the um the quantum circle board yes yes the quantum <laughs> circuit board <laughs> and um that then helps them to jump in real time and not 
you know, run into their past selves, it's like this is from this point on, this will change this or whatever. Um, and I just was like, I'm glad that that kind of was explained, but like in a, a way that clearly we can understand it as the audience. Right, right. Um, and it didn't take up a bunch of time in the film either. Let me shout out to my film editor, Jennifer Lee. Brilliant woman. Brilliant. Let me tell you something. In the script, we had a lot more explanation of the time travel. <laughs> See, well, so that's what's funny. Like, I actually, and in the edit, we took a lot out. Ooh-wee. So I was gonna ask you um, because I was reading also that you know you fought a lot for certain um, for the characters, like the the both of the lead characters to yeah. re- to remain, and yeah. that you fought for you know certain things that were going on within the film to be there so that they wouldn't get cut. Yeah. Um, what word was there any like one particular scene that you were like nah this has to stay because i know robert townsend i saw his um <clears throat> the the five heartbeats and making a five mm. heartbeats documentary and the 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 um, production company wanted him to cut that scene where the little girl sings and that's like one of the most powerful mm. parts of the five heartbeats and he fought tooth and nail to the end for them to keep that scene in there so were there any scenes like that for you we already took out a uh, we had a, a different opener Okay. And that was in Bulletproof Comics. Oh, okay. And it was a beautiful scene where just kids being kids. We, we go through Bulletproof. They sit down and play Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's the opening. We, we see CJ and, and Sebastian. They're playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Sebastian wins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Eduardo, they're just being, you know, kids making fun of her and whatnot. And that's the end of the scene. Mm-hmm. And then we go into the into the alleyway and, and we do the whole, the whole first test jump that mm-hmm. failed. Mm-hmm. And I felt that Having that scene in the opening will just confuse the audience of what the film is about. Mm-hmm. So that was a great sacrifice I had to do. Um, and uh, my editor Jenny, she gave a she fought really hard for this suggestion mm-hmm. um, because there were some test screenings and people felt like the first act is slow. Okay. Uh, and there was times where like I watched a film with the audience and it didn't feel slow, and then there's other there's other audience that you could tell it's slow. Yeah. So it's weird. It's a very very weird. <laughs> yeah. And I read some some reviews like the first act is slow, and then other reviews is like the pacing is perfect. Yeah. So it's like you know everyone has their own opinion on it, and and it was a scene that you know um, Jenny and I was like teetering about to uh, to take away, and that's the scene where they were selling um, um, they had their own genius bar. Mm. We was thinking about taking that out because just to make the move, movie go faster. Yeah. And it's not, it doesn't really do anything to the story itself. Yeah. It doesn't really need it. But after, there was time when, like, I read an email saying about talking about sacrifices, sacrificing the first scene, sacrifice yeah. this scene, so we could, so people, we can move this story as, as you know, get to the second time jump. We can see them, yeah. and then the story kicks off. Yeah. But something kicked me, kicked inside of me. I said, you know what? Let me renege on this yeah. because I need young black people to see. A different way to hustle. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so cute when when um, the the girl um, and the boy <laughs> come up. First of all, shout out to I don't know what their actual names are. The the actors that were in that scene with them coming to get the computer, mm-hmm. and he was um, coming to get like what was he coming to get? Um, uh, uh, um, battery. Yes. Because um, I know the one the the male actor. He is from. Um, uh, the other Netflix show, The Get Down. Yes. Yes. Um, and I cannot remember. I know her face, but I cannot remember what that young actress is she from. She wasn't. She's got to have it. Okay. Yes. Rockaletta Moss in the, 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 the Okay. Because I was like, <laughs> why can I? Which I actually literally just watched the first two episodes of season two last yeah, night. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I love that, of course, you use people that are kind of familiar on screen. Yeah, but that nice. was just such a cute and funny scene. Like, you got the juice. I'm like, why you didn't just tell us that? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so great. It was yeah. so great. And it was cute. Because I'm like, listen, I come from... Uh, uh, upbringing of we used to take people's trash out for a dollar mm. and and thinking about that now first of all that's so dangerous we would literally go knock on people's doors in my neighborhood and we would be like hey um, we, we're taking your trash out for a dollar do you have like trash you want us to take out mm. and they would go get it you know but I'm like now I would never let my little brother like go <laughs> knock on random doors but we would do that and then at like I think nine we, we call ourselves babysitting so mm. we used to like put up flyers in the neighborhood like oh we have like a babysitting service i think maybe two people one time called us to babysit their kids <laughs> so bless you um 
Ooh, Bless you. Me. Sorry. Um, I'm so I'm I'm all about it, like showing young black people doing something besides burning CDs and <laughs> 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 mixtapes or doing you know illegal things. Like know in the street, like hey man, this is my this is my album is hot, and 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 we touch it, let's turn out, send out, so yeah, like, get out of here, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, my brother used to sell mixed <laughs> mixed CDs. He used to I remember burn them on our computer at home, mm. and he would go to the mall and he would be like, I got a you know mixtape. He would make the little cover and everything and print it out like i think that's the thing about black kids too we like we are some true hustlers like yeah. from jump and i think that that that's was just something do you yeah. does it do they actually make money over that sometimes i mean i feel like back in the early 2000s probably because yeah. especially yeah, when you're young shit. yeah but you know <laughs> but see it's always good with kids because my brother was like 15 at the time so no 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 i want to knock them down every time i see them <laughs> on the street yo yo hit some album man i'm like out of here yeah no, yeah, up in Harlem all the time. But you know what? When I went to New Orleans, they got me good because it was my first time going. I went for uh, Essence Fest two years ago. Uh, and I didn't know, listen, <laughs> I didn't know nothing about, like, Nolia culture or anything. Like, it was it was a beautiful thing for me because I, I grew up going to a lot of predominantly white schools. Yeah. I've moved a lot. So I'm, I'm used to being ad- adaptable to my surroundings. But something about New Orleans – that culture, that like love there, the life there, mm. it's a whole different world for me. So I went and I was walking like a tourist for real, like, wow, like, yeah. you know, and then it seemed like the little kids play the drums down on bourbon and stuff. I was literally yeah. like, yeah. I ain't finna give them no three dollars. Let me put ten dollars in here. Like I, wow. I think I think I spent like eighty dollars literally. Somebody walked up to me and was like, Can you buy my C D? Uh, or no, he had a he a DVD for a, a film. He was like, this is my documentary. And I said, you know what? Because I get it. Like, mm-hmm. I gave him $20. It was $10, but I was like, but, you know, you never know yeah, who, yeah. whose hands you greasing for their future. So I was just like, they got me. They got <laughs> me. <laughs> um, so another thing that I wanted to ask you about, um, the ending of the film. Mm-hmm. So... I the the audience. I don't know if you were in in the theater um, up there at the landmark when you mm-hmm. the reaction when that that scene cut to her running. Yeah. Oh man, I, the little boy, was like, ah! Ah! <laughs> yes, the little. I mean, like the young kids was like, what the heck? And mm. I <laughs> I remember I felt I just was like. This was so good, but yet me being an imaginative person, I'm like, nah, I want a concrete ending, but mm. why did you choose to end it in that way? It's very intentional, and i inviting people to think. Uh, I want people to have their once One is have people have their own, their own interpretation of the ending. Mm-hmm. And for me to let you know what happened to her will be a overs, an offenses, offensive oversimplification of a problem that we still have in the right. United States. Because imagine if I if I show up if I show the movie of her winning, mm-hmm. people say, "Okay, thank God she won." Yeah. The, you know, but there's still the issue of police brutality exactly. and young black kids dying. Yeah, right? yeah. I just feel people like, "Oh, okay, this is done. We're good." Yeah. And I want I don't want people to lean back and just be all happy about it. Yeah. Um, I, I want I want to challenge people. I, I don't want people to be pissed off at a movie. I want to be pissed be pissed off at at the system. Yeah, yeah. And it's so funny. And if I, I and if I show her getting killed, what does that say about right. about us? So I I just refuse to give any s- simple ending like that. Yeah. Um, because that's it's the the issue is is still there. And and um. So someone actually, I was reading through some comments and stuff mm. online, and someone said, you know, they felt like her running back represented the fact that no matter how much you try to save black lives, there's always going to be a black child exposed and in danger mm-hmm. um, of police brutality and an unjust criminal system. Right. So I literally had that in my notes. So the fact that you kind of, you know, reiterate that in a sense. Um, but here's the thing. It's not to say that I... There's hope. We, yeah, if, yeah. If, if you If you don't like the movie, or if you don't like the way it ends, then I need you to get up from the couch, get up the, from the motherfucking couch, <laughs> and do something about it. Right. And this right. is not just, I'm not talking to only black people. Right. I'm talking to everybody. Yeah. If you're Latinx, if you're white, Asian, purple, green, yellow, whatever. 
don't be angry at a, at a goddamn movie. Right. I'm not here to fulfill fantasies of, for escapism. Right. This, I'm not the director. I'm not the artist. I ain't it. Do yeah. something about it. Yeah. And that's a powerful thing. That is a powerful thing. Like, we there there are ways that we can fight against police brutality, mm-hmm. the the criminal unjust criminal system, um, especially just starting in school with kids. Like, yeah. seeing um, and I'm going to talk about this next week, but seeing Ava's um, when they see us, just yeah. the way that the oh, that shit is heavy. Listen. Just, <laughs> Just the way that the the kids' parents weren't, some of them weren't educated enough about the the, the justice system. Some of them mm. didn't know. Some of them, like the the one oh, father, he wow. he had wow. to listen. The one dad, he was like, I gotta go to work, and was like, Can I leave my mom here, who didn't speak any English? And she, you know, they coerced her to leave the room so they could get this confessional. And, you know, of course, in today, you're like, why would you leave your child? But understanding the times, understanding mm-hmm. if you come from a single parent home, you know, like, I remember getting in trouble in school. My mom would be like, if I got to take off of work to, you know, I was a, a single parent home. So wasn't nobody else able to come get me if I got in trouble for something, no, you know? Now, now I'm not sure if I want to watch this. Not, that's, I will say, not to say, not to say. Yeah. I'm just I'm I'm from from what I heard from the audience actually I'm sure yeah. this is brilliant work and it is and it, it deserves an Emmy. It's it's funny. I know I made a heavy movie myself. Yeah. But trying to watch a movie that's very heavy, take it in. Oh my god. I will yeah, say I this. Cry. So it's four parts. <laughs> we got to see how many how many how, how long it's each four ep- parts. How long, I, how, how long each episode? An hour? I'm not sh- I wanna say an hour. Oh um god. so the first half of the film <laughs> the first half of the film is literally about the, the court case and how everything mm. happened. Um I will say that after we we were there for like 30 minutes after the film ended because people were clearing out of the Apollo. I was, my knees were noodles. I, w- I honestly, and I mean, but see, I'm a Taurus. I'm a little emotional. So I was like, yeah. maybe it's just me. But I mean, like my hands, I was shaking because you understand what the outcome of what it already, it's history. It already happened. You understand that these boys got convicted, wrongfully convicted, that they had to spend six to or nine to 14 years in prison and their, mm. their childhood was taken away from them. Yeah. And now that they've gotten exonerated, you know, because the, the guy came forward, the rapist, but you get in the first half was done so well that for a moment, I forgot that I was watching a film about something that has already happened. So wow. I was, I mean, listen, the writers, the, the, the cinematography, the, just the unfolding of the story, those scenes where the boys were in the police station and getting um, um, interviewed by the police and stuff and, like, trying to get the confession out of them, like, it was heavy. It was heavy mm-hmm. because I just kept thinking, like, who is there to advocate for these babies? Yeah. Who is there to get them? Like, yeah. and you can't change that because it's yeah. already happened. And yeah. I think that's the thing that pissed me off the most. It, like, especially when the first, the 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 second, you know, f- seeing the whole thing, um, I just kept thinking like, this is not fair. It's not, not fair, yeah. and you can't change yeah. any of that. And it continues to happen. Khalif Browder, you know, like yes, yes, it, yes, it, yeah. Oh God, when I oh man. You know, like yeah. it, it just continues to happen. Look at the just case. Oh, the fucking backpack. Yeah. And 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 my man, uh, uh, Ramsey Oda. Mm-hmm. I'm still in jail because of trumped up charges just because you want to call someone on cell phone and yeah. released it. Yeah. They harass his family. Yeah. They harass his wife. Mm-hmm. And and and. They hold, and they it held makes you solitary confinement. Right, and it makes you, it does make you feel hopeless because you're like, if this happened back in the 80s, you know, like, and it's still happening some way, somehow, what are we doing wrong? Mm. And then I think that 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 is a good thing that you're saying, like, get up and do something about it. You know, I'm a firm believer in, like, protest help for real, but we also need to really start trying to get our own kids into, like, politics. You know, starting with these babies, getting them into school for things like politics, for law, getting more black lawyers, and stuff like that, because... 
where is and their defense team seemed great too like just based off of the way the story was told mm. i said oh they had a solid fucking case and you telling me that this jury still sat in there and found those boys guilty that shit is crazy insane insane and i mean i just so it's not just the justice system it's also who the jurors are and that they picked yeah oh yeah oh for sure because sure. like I have been jury duty myself uh, myself, mm-hmm. and when you go in that room, it's it's if you don't have common sense, mm-hmm. you you know it, you can let them off or not, and yeah. it's like it made no sense how that jury didn't have any common sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to figure out like you know right, and they're and they're they're civilians, yeah. so it's not like you know they didn't have like an, an agenda. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So that did make, you did you that, get a that, chance? That's what that's what like makes me crazy like yeah yeah did you get a chance to watch the Trayvon Martin documentary no I didn't get a chance to that. so that was also heavy because they they played the phone call of course mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I saw the first episode excuse me yeah. I saw the first episode mm-hmm. I didn't reach the rest of the series now. so I got the chance so when I went to ABFF last year they actually um, premiered it screened it right. and um, it was powerful like my that that week, I, they had a couple of like documentaries and films because I saw the the Whitney documentary last year down there at ABSF. Yeah. I mean, I was like tears every other day. Wow. Um, but wow. they it was powerful. But seeing his parents sit on stage for the Q and A, and just seeing Miss Sabrina Fulton, like I'm like, how is she still standing? But then again, mm-hmm. that speaks to the strength of black women. Mm-hmm. You know, even when we're falling apart, you will never know sometimes because we, we're very stoic and we kind of have to hold it together. And yeah. um, I, I, I remember being able to just speak to her briefly and I let her know, I was like, your son inspired me to want to pursue a documentary to tell a story about black boys and who they really are. And yeah, how the world wow. changes them, and and you know how black men are fetishized, black men are beaten down, black men are guilty before they ever can commit a crime. Yeah, you know, and now is she running for uh, office? I think she is. It's, it's yes. either her or it's um Jordan Jordan's mom. Um, I forget his last name, but the one that got killed in Florida. Yes. Um, I think I think uh, his mother too as well. Yeah, and but see, and it's like that—that's the change that we need. Exactly. And it's just unfortunate that both of these women had to lose their babies for mm. you know this to happen. Um, and that's the point of the ending of the film. See, look, it, coming back for, around. Run for office. There we go. Run if, for office. If you're not interested in that, go out and vote. Yeah. Who's your council? City council. Who's who's on there? Being educated so that we don't get Trump for another four years. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just Trump, though. Yeah. When we voting, it's not just Trump. It's right. who is your local and state people that you need to need to vote in for. Yeah. That's why I'm happy with the midterm election that happened. You know, yeah. the Congress. We have we have great people in Congress now. Right. Well, thank you so much for Great. coming. Like, this was such a good interview. <laughs> um, you are amazing. Thank Before you. you go, I have to ask you, what are you watching now on TV? Because I love to, like, kind of get into what people watch. I'm being honest with you. I haven't watched TV or film for such a long time because I've been oh so... Goodness fucking busy yeah and but i'm busy is good it's great it's yeah. great i'm just exhausted i'm just excited to see aladdin oh man, I, can't <laughs> wait. I cannot I'm, wait i'm sorry it's like it's so it's and like, you know so many people were like oh will this doesn't seem like it's gonna be good but then the full like because of i guess the way yeah. that he looked um just costuming wise it does look crazy um oh you know what? that's something <laughs> That's something I did want to ask you about too before we end. Um, who was your the who did the wardrobe for the film? Miss Charlize Antoinette Jones. Okay. Black woman, Los Angeles. She um she did the costume design for also Newlyweed, Shaka King's film. Okay. And she does the costume design for the upcoming Netflix series Raising Dion. Is that the one about the kid? Who, yes. Oh, oh, okay. I can't yeah. wait because I saw that trailer like a while. That shit back. is gonna blow the fuck up. I, I, I know. I said if they're keeping the same actress and everything that. from that trailer, yeah, yeah. that yeah. that looked so good. It's gonna blow up. And it's, it's like the Twitter is gonna be like. Right, and we, and it's so important, and I think that that's what I love about See You Yesterday, like the science behind it, the, the idea that although it's not about magic, there is a, a magical like aspect to it, even though it's like this is science, like this could mm-hmm. happen. Um, 
the, the black kids need to be able to believe in that. Like they need mm-hmm. to, I think the imagination of black children gets taken away very early because we don't get to always live in a you know, a reality where we can dream and like and make believe or play pretend. Like my little brother is at an age where he he's doing the whole like. Uh, my imaginary friend Bendy, he keeps. I'm like, I don't know, cause you know, black people be like, ain't no, ain't no, what you talking about, like, cause yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you think know. about spirits and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I be telling him like, uh, I be looking at him like Bendy, and you know, like the, I want to get scared, cause I'm like, you know, they always say like kids see things and stuff like yeah. that, but but then I'm like, no, cause I remember being a kid and I, from early age with my Barbie dolls, I was telling stories with my Barbie dolls, or you know, making playing make believe, and my mother. Yeah luckily did not stunt that in me and from an early like in first grade when we would have to write stories I've been being told since I was younger first second all my English teachers would always be like your daughter tells really great stories and and that's what like and I think that's what I I, even though I was so focused on dance over the years growing Mm. up I didn't get to fully nurture the writer in me because of that, but it's always been there. Mm -hmm. And I always say I have my English teachers to thank so much because they would always be like, you write well, you just got to work on your flow, but you are so descriptive. And that is something that's always (laughs) stuck with me that I was very descriptive. Um, And a lot of my friends say like, you always ask really great questions. And so, (laughs) you know, like I, I feel like that that's always been there in me to be a storyteller. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you so much. Man. Thank you guys for tuning in to the second episode. I know I didn't do the hot topics this week, but I <laughs> knew that this um, interview was going to be so amazing. Um, so I didn't want to like, you know, make it extremely long with all the extra stuff. But I will say, um, we got a few things about the time you hear this next week. Ma is going to be out on May 31st in theaters, so all of the, like, thriller people, horror films, you know, go out and see that, um, Octavia Spencer. Um, Men in Black is coming out June 14th. When They See Us will be on Netflix May 31st. Um, if you are a Black Mirror fan like me, that's coming out June 5th. I'll remind y'all next week, too, um, when I come out with the other episode. And um, let's see what else we got. Claws is June 9th. Pose, June 11th, Shaft, June 12th, Queen Sugar, June 12th, and Orange is the New Black, June 11th, or July 11th, sorry. So y'all make sure y'all keep y'all eyes locked for all those good things and make sure you go out and support black films. Make sure that you watch See You Yesterday on Netflix. It is up now. Please, please watch it. No, this is not a Spike Lee-directed film. I had to correct a few people already online. Like, no, this is Stefan Bristles, <laughs> writer-director. And um, so, yeah, make sure you watch it. Thank you, guys. See you next week or, you know, tune in next week. Bye.